0: I don't know about you. But he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Bible says he's the first and he's the last. I've had some that were first but never made it to the last. How about you? But not only will he start this race with you, but he'll finish it alongside of you as well. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be with you in this camp meeting. I appreciate it a bunch. I love your pastor. One of the greatest preachers on the planet, in my opinion. If a man can make me cry while he's preaching, touch my soul. Amen. I I don't want to just hear a bunch of racket. I want to hear him tell me something blesses my soul. He's a minister to us and uh, to this nation, and we're thankful for what the Lord's doing in him and through him. And also all the rest of you that are here, I appreciate it so very much. In the book of Romans, chapter number one, Romans, chapter number one, we'll begin reading just only one verse of scripture, chapter number 17. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 17. When you get there, if you will, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. For those of you that have prayed uh, for us over the last several months, thank you so much. We appreciate it. the prayers for uh, Sister Pam. Uh, she's been through the, <clears throat> the battle with uh, sickness, but uh, he said his name is Jehovah Raphae. I am the God that healeth these. We are believing God that he's going to give her complete healing and uh, continue praying. Good to have all of you. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Somebody say that out loud. The just shall live by faith. Live by faith. And I believe it tonight. Would you stretch your hands this way? Pray that God would help us to preach that very message. The just shall live by faith. Father, we love you, Jesus. Come on, help me pray, church. I praise you, Lamb of God. I pray that, Lord, you would move mightily. Have your way in this house. Have your way in this meeting. Pray that, Lord, you would ready our hearts and minds that we would be able to receive exactly what you want us to hear. God, I pray, give us every word directly from the throne of God, every thought, let it be held captive by your spirit. Move tonight, Lord. Let someone get a hold of the clear message of justification. Pray that, Lamb of God, you do that work tonight. Preach through the preacher. And God, anoint us, and God will give you the glory. Meet us in these altars. In Jesus' marvelous name, amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated tonight. I make a covenant with you in this camp meeting. Amen. I'm not going to hold back. I'll preach everything that God gives to me. Amen. Everything. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be in the altars. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to hear from heaven. And I'm going to preach what God wants to be preached in this meeting. Now, your side of the covenant is, when I give an altar call, don't look at me like he's going to have to beg me to come to this altar. Is that right? Amen. It's amazing to me that people get all cleaned up and dressed, go to church, worship, go through the singing, listen to the preaching, and then when the preacher gives an altar call, sit there like they're not going to go to an altar. Isn't that amazing to you? Does that amaze you as well? Amen. We've come here because, friend, let me tell you, as good as the singing is, amen. as good as your favorite preacher is, whoever that is, it's not all about what happens with humanity. Amen. We bring us into the presence of God, but it's what happens in that altar that's going to make all the difference in the world. You believe that? Praise the Lord. The just shall live by faith. Now, this is a sermon On Romans 1 and 17, yesterday was Reformation Sunday. I I don't know, maybe you were studying about that and looking back to what Reformation Sunday is all about, but there had to be a Reformation out of that Catholic church in order for us to experience what we are experiencing even in the Pentecostal world today. Even that 11, 1200 years ago, the entire Christian world was wrapped up and encased about with the bonds of that Catholic church. They controlled everything. They said how people were to live. They did not allow men to read the Bible for themselves. They could not read it. Only the priest had that information. And you know that whoever has the information controls all of society. That Catholic church had a death grip uh, on humanity And uh, the problem was If they were preaching uh, the fullness Of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, Then everything would be wonderful Uh, But friend let me tell you uh, When Jesus came to this earth uh, We don't need another mediator Between God and man Uh, We don't need a priest uh, We don't need a saint uh, We don't need some dead somebody That never can speak again uh, Amen uh, Trying to talk to them on our behalf, Uh, we don't even need a church building, come on here Uh, Jesus said uh, that there is only one way to the Father uh, and it's through Him Himself there was this reformation that had to take place 500 years ago and can I say tonight that what I'm seeing ha- happening all over the nation where I've been, uh, I've, be- I've been everywhere this year. It seems as though that uh, last year when the devil tried to shut everything down, uh, well, all he seemed to do was spread the fire of Pentecost uh, a little bit broader and a little bit further out. Say amen to me. There's been people that have had revivals this past year that have never had a revival. I've preached for people that I don't even know who they are. When I get to the church, I'm looking around thinking, Are you the pastor? Are you the pastor? Are you the pastor? Amen. Friend, what's happening uh, is not that I'm some great evangelist. uh, It is uh, that the church in the last day, uh, the church uh, of the last day is also going through uh, another reformation. We're going through another time not a a changing of the doctrine but a returning to pure doctrine on the face of this planet. You can believe it or not. Uh, you can listen to those backslidden preachers uh, that will tell you that everybody's going to hell, uh, the world's going to hell, uh, that everybody's lost, uh, the church is backslid, we're in the worst condition uh, that we've ever been. No, oh, let me tell you, uh, there's a lot of folks that attend church uh, that might be in bad shape, uh, but the church of the living God uh, is in more health uh, than she's ever known in her life. Say amen to me. Yeah. Amen. What are you talking about? Everywhere I go, I'm seeing miracles and signs and wonders uh, that are taking place. Uh, It's not because of the preacher, uh, but it's because of the preacher's God uh, that if the preacher will just simply uh, give glory to the Lord uh, and look back again uh, to who he said he was uh, and do what he says to do, uh, God has no problem uh, performing this book. Say amen. I'm seeing it happen. Even there, there in the 80s and 90s, when I grew up in that little church in the north of here. Over on the other side of the line We grew up 20 years behind everybody else So we missed out on a lot of the craziness That happened in the late 80s And the early 90s to mid to late 90s In the Pentecostal world Some of you might have gotten a hold of that Some of you might have went through that monstrosity Of of time when everybody was doing weird things In the late 80s and early 90s Do y'all remember that? Some of the most weird things that I've ever seen In my life, uh, took place uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, mid to late 90s. Uh, Craziest stuff, craziest music. He meant good music, some, but crazy too. He meant in that era, if you don't know, uh, there was a vacuum uh, of spirituality. I'm going somewhere, just hold on. There was a vacuum of spirituality. Pentecostal preachers uh, put down the microphone uh, and they got off television, uh, they got off radio, uh, they were sat down for a season uh, when those mouths uh, that were shut down and silenced for a while, uh, when they were dormant, uh, when they were not speaking, uh, there created a vacuum of spirituality. Uh, and what happened at that moment uh, was in the early 90s, uh, there was a group uh, that began to hear these things happening uh, on their radio and television set late at night. Uh, a, a lady named Sister Margaret uh, saying call me now uh, and I'll give you a psychic reading uh, or I'll read your palm. Do Y'all remember that going on uh, in the late 80's and not, not much of that going on anymore uh, but friend uh, whenever there is an absence uh, of true doctrine uh, there will be a resurgence uh, of a false spiritual thing uh, that tries to emulate uh, anything that is about God. Well, what has happened is, in those years, uh, there came that craziness. Uh, we sang weird songs. Uh, we sang crazy things, uh, and out of that, uh, we've produced an entire generation uh, that was raised up in the absence. Uh, not every church, uh, but by and large across our nation, uh, we've been we produced a generation uh, that grew up uh, in a church where they sang songs with four words uh, and three chords uh, for five. Five hours talk to me, somebody, right. Right. amen. We got four words and 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 Three chords and they're all in minor keys And we sing that forever That's about all we got out of it And they're hit This is what's happening Out of that dregs of emptiness There is a generation Some of which you're the same age Sitting on these pews tonight They're coming up out of that empty place On Pentecostal pews And they're saying I want to return To what thus saith the word of God Believe it or not Uh, These boys that have built their ministry uh, on their skinny jeans uh, and their fades uh, are losing influence uh, in this generation. Uh, You don't believe it uh, because all you see uh, is what's on your television. Uh, But friend, uh, in the trenches uh, across this nation, uh, there are young men uh, and young women uh, that have thrown off uh, and cast off uh, the Sister Margaret mentality. to the next meeting. Amen. Get in that old F-250. Let's go back to Texas again. Uh, let's go back to Missouri again. Uh, there was a young boy named Phil uh, that was at this last meeting this past Thursday night uh, and Friday night in Jefferson City, Missouri. He, and he came up to me. Uh, he said, I'm from in the Connecticut, uh, state of Connecticut. Uh, he said, and he's about 20, 21 years old. Uh, he said, We found this conference uh, online. Uh, we started searching uh, for conservative voices in America not those that are on necessarily the television, but if we find them by Facebook, if we find them online, YouTube, he said, we found you. And we started listening to you some time ago. Matter of fact, he texted me just before church and said, I want to be a part of the fellowship of what you're a part of. 21, let me tell you something. I've got nothing to offer. I'm a gray-headed man nowadays. I've got nothing to offer as far as being cliche uh, or GQ uh, or cute, uh, I can tell you what I do have. It's nothing to do with Brian McDonald, uh, but this gospel uh, will make a dead man live. Uh, this gospel uh, will open blinded eyes uh, and your generation uh, is looking for another reformation. They are. So what is this reformation that I want to preach to you tonight? Amen. It seems as though we went... Radically through a time and a season where even Pentecostal preachers lost our way, we went after what we saw and heard on radio and television, we went after uh, what was mainstream, we went after what made people shout uh, and not what made people change. We went after the fads and the focus the faux pas of Pentecost we went after the problems thinking that that would build our churches and thus build us that is not how it goes if you want to build a church you get built in an altar of prayer and when you get Framed together, it groweth into a habitation of God in the Spirit. Amen. This reformation is coming, where that there are souls of men that says we're tired, we're worn out with songs with no meaning. With preachers that have no power well I believe in the last days that we owe them the glimpse of the glory of God hallelujah to God we owe the generation behind us what we've seen as boys what we've seen in the days where we watched blinded eyes open and lame legs walk I'm not one that has never not seen a miracle I've seen it myself and the generation behind me They are owed a glimpse of the glory of God. There must be a reformation. Problem is, we've gone through a season where most Pentecostal preachers that were after numbers and not the glory of God are about an inch deep and a mile wide. Can y'all let me preach a minute? If all the preachers got to preach on It's what he sees with his own two eyes instead of what he hears in his spirit from the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Listen to me. Let me say it boldly. I say it in my own pulpit. I'll say it in this one and anywhere else. Holiness is right anywhere at any time. Say amen. It's right. Be ye holy for I am holy. I still believe it. Imagine this. Folks that thought I was worldly 30 years ago wouldn't preach me are now then way to the other side of what I am. But in the last 30 years, it's not men that I have pleased, but I've gotten this book and found what thus saith the Word and lived that. And while they're out of the ministry, I'm still gloriously preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not by power, but by His Spirit. Amen. I'm telling you that preachers have been the ruin of the doctrine of Pentecost. Say it. Say it. All right. Preach Preach alright you All right. Y'all gonna look at me or you gonna say, Amen. Preachers have been the ruin of what we had in our hands. you know why? Lazy, won't pray, won't preach, nothing. Amen. Except for something that's a little hobby horse uh, that that's all they know to do. Or maybe uh, they had a good service one time uh, because they said this little thing. uh, Or they had a good service uh, because they said that. So they've made that uh, their only doctrine uh, to have a shout. You want to know what will make people get excited uh, when they get a hold uh, of the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, He didn't tell them uh, to go preach uh, even in the apostles' doctrine uh, that that they made up themselves. uh, But thus saith uh, every word uh, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. We've missed it. So there must be a reformation. Let me preach about one point that we need to get a hold of. And that is what Martin Luther came to about 500 years ago. He was there. He struggled as a monk. He, he struggled with guilt. And he did everything that he could to fix that guilt. He did pilgrimages. He, he had penance. He did penance and masses and prayer. If a monk could be saved by his monkery, then absolutely Martin Luther would be the one that would be saved. After long hours of study, the truth began to leap off the page at him. And that truth that came 500 years ago Was that the just shall live by faith I know that that doesn't seem like much now But I'm going to try to break that down for you tonight So that you understand what he's wanting us to do Even you can have victory for a minute In an altar call Whenever in an altar service When you're praying over an emotional thing When you're praying over something That does not change or alter The way your faith reaches out to God you can shout over for a minute but whenever your emotion or your situation changes on the next day, so does your joy, so does your happiness but when you get doctrine solidified inside of your spirit, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you're facing, hey amen I've been through the depths of sickness with that wife, I've been through the battle with her, we've through the valley of the shadow of death and friend, because in you. That's whenever you'll be able to shout when your emotions are not in play. Come on here. He said "The, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1 and 17 is the basis for that Protestant Reformation. And Luther he said, for I hated the word righteousness of God with which God is righteous and he punishes the unrighteous sinner." He realized that it was not what he could do, but what Christ had done that justifies us. The truth of Habakkuk 2 and 4, Romans 1 and 17, Galatians 3 and 11, Hebrews 10 and 38 is simply this. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Galatians 3 and 11 But that no man is justified by the law In the sight of God It is evident For the just shall live by faith Hebrews 10, 38 Now the just shall live by faith But if any man draw back My soul shall have no pleasure in him Is the doctrine of justification practical? You better believe it You better get a hold of being justified If you don't understand this You will always doubt your position Position In the Lord Jesus Christ Even I'm glad team challenge is here Even our team challenge Is called restoration of hope In our church at Faith Assembly And I dealt with it yesterday There's a group of boys Men that have just come out of prison Off drugs Broken families Messed up lives And they come in with guilt and sorrow and condemnation and an overwhelming urge to give up and go back to the same rat hole that God dug you out of. But when you get justified, you understand it literally in layman's terms means just as if I'd never sinned. When you get a hold of that gentlemen, you can understand that I'm worthy to enter into the presence of Almighty God. Let me preach it a while. Amen. So we look at it. What are the grounds of justification? Hope this is all right on a Monday night. What are the grounds for justification? You see, there's a positional place that you have been brought to when you get born again. Amen. You were in a place of sin and debauchery. But when you got born again you might still be sitting in a jailhouse, but your spirit man resides at a different location. Hey Amen. Where's your license and registration for this car? Where's your passport? There's been men that have been put in the in sell that have had to surrender their passport. You can't go nowhere but here. Amen. Then they've been given back their passport and able to get out of a foreign country back to their homeland. Well church, whenever I was in sin, I had a passport that locked me into this earth. But when I got born again, they didn't give me the same passport that I went in with. But I'm a citizen of a far country. I've been bought with a and I now live in a whole different man. When I go home, woo, I'm about to preach. When I go home, hey amen, there's my, my, my mother-in-law. She asked my son, Seth. He was the only one of my three children born in Texas. We've been out there 23, four years now. And, and my mother-in-law said, Seth, won't you be glad when you get to move back home? And he looked at her in the eyes, that Texan, and said, Momo, I am home. I know what you're thinking it's Mississippi and Alabama don't talk that here well friend I am originally from Mississippi but we cross the state lines every day we go from Arkansas to Texas he's nearly 20 years old we've been there 11 years when we go back into Texas he still puts his hand over his heart Amen. he's a Texan through and through but let me tell you even many years ago when he was 7 years old he exchanged the passport for the Republic of Texas and now then home is not Texas it's not Mississippi it's not Alabama but my home is where Jesus said even, that he was a builder and maker of the Lord yeah. oh. hallelujah what is the grounds of justification number one Job said in 25 and 4 he asked the question how then can a man be righteous before God How can one born of woman be pure? What are the grounds of justification? Is it good works and faith? Absolutely not. Amen. It is not on your good works that makes you right with God. It is not at all. Else would Cornelius not need Peter to come and preach. Amen. If it was on good works, the Bible says that the Lord had heard his uh, seen his alms uh, that he had given. Uh, He had given alms. Uh, Cornelius uh, had done great things. He was a good man uh, but that still did not negate pastor the fact that God woke up Peter out of a sleep uh, and said after the dream of all the unclean things uh, you don't call that uh, common and unclean uh, what I've called common uh, and unclean. Uh, Go down to Cornelius' house. Uh, If good works was enough, uh, if just was good enough uh, if just paying your tithe uh, or going to church uh, was good enough uh, then Peter would have never had to go to Cornelius house uh, but Jesus uh, even speaking to Peter uh, said you go preach the gospel Uh, he doesn't need almsgiving Uh, he doesn't need good works Uh, he needs the faith uh, in the Lord uh, that will bring about a change in his life he breaks some stuff off of you somehow missed it in the last decade or two while we were shouting over frivolous stuff. While we were just shouting over what hairdo we was coming up with. Come on, man. I believe in holiness, but holiness is more than just how you comb your hair. It's how you live your life. It's got to come from the inside out, not the outside in. Is anybody going to help me in this place? While we've been shouting over surface stuff we have let a generation go by living in guilt and condemnation because they don't know what it is to be justified by the Lord Jesus Christ what is our ground? good works preceding faith is idolatry if you build your religious system on what you do with your hands or your body you're as idolatrous as those in that Catholic church that beat themselves and go on a pilgrimage and bloody their knees it's idolatrous uh, those in that Catholic church, uh, they would crawl on glass and shards uh, and nails and iron, uh, bleeding. Uh, come up to that same Catholic house, uh, amen, and look up uh, to those same dead saints uh, trying to get a blessing from God, uh, amen. Uh, if you try to bring your religion, uh, if you try to bring your good works uh, to God uh, before faith, uh, you're as idol worshipers uh, as all of those that have preceded you, uh, amen. The first commandment is thou shalt have no other God before me your good works won't save you your idolatrous working in religion will not save you but Jesus asked the rich young ruler amen what he said what must I do then the Lord said keep the law he said I've kept the law from my youth I've done it and he said give everything you've got away and follow me friend that is where we find that justification comes into play when you lay down everything, when you give up your good works, when you give up your abilities and you lay face down saying I'm nothing dead, lost and undone that's when Jesus will pick you up and bear in your body a birth of the Lord Jesus Christ I don't know where to shout at Brother McDonald because you don't hear this preaching I suppose all the time none of us do We've come to the place, church. We know how to shout over cigarettes and beer. Come on now. We know how to shout over shooting up drugs. Amen. These boys done probably in their years. Have you or not? Y'all got track marks? Amen. You got problems? How about you? We're gonna deal with it in a few minutes, uh, but church, it's not about shouting over the drug addict getting free. It's about the religious folks getting born again, uh, sitting on a Pentecostal pew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The grounds of justification yeah. is not good works plus faith. It is obedience and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Matter of fact, it's a twofold obedience. Jesus had to be obedient, and we must be obedient. What are you talking about? Romans 5 and 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. On two different occasions, there the Lord Jesus, not only in Gethsemane, did he ask for that cup to be taken away, but in John chapter 11, 12, 13, I believe it is, he said, Lord, save me from this hour. But then he said right after that, but it is for this hour that I am come. You know what that is? It's not to come and feed 5,000. It's not to come and feed 4,000. It's not to open the blinded eyes first. It's not to heal lame legs first. What Jesus came here to do was to redeem lost humanity and make their way back to God, to reconcile God and man. You who were afar off have been made nigh by the blood of the Lamb of God. What? So, what? 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 What place does good works have? If you're preaching so hard against good works, I said, no, nothing wrong with good works if they're in their place. As a matter of fact, good works will follow the justified. So lest you think, all I gotta do, this is the other side of the coin. A lot of our good friends, he men that are Calvinists believe this. And that is simply all I gotta do is sign that church card all I've got to do is just shake the preacher's hand. All I've got to do in this Pentecostal church is just go to that altar one time, give my heart and life to the Lord Jesus, walk out never come back. I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm everything i got to be on one trip. That's as big a lie as the first I've just told you about. Does Jesus not wash me clean when I ask him? Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. But let me fix some stuff for you. I've been married going on 29 years, Caleb. You've been married 29 hours. (laughs) The first six months, you could eat him up. The second six months, you wish to God you had to ate him up. <laughs> married folks, if you've been to married longer than fifteen minutes, you realize, fellas, you got to come on home and see her on a regular basis. Is that right, Amen. ladies? If you're gonna stay married, then you got to come on home and see him every once in a while. Is that right? Amen. Amen. My, my Jalen's been married about five, six months. They came out to the house Sunday. They knew that we were, I was going to be leaving and trying to get Sister Pam rolling. And, and Clay said, "Ooh, I'm starving. She said, well, get in this kitchen and help me cook. <laughs> I said, all right. <laughs> he looked at me and I said, what you going to do? He said, it depends. I said, on what? He said, if I want to eat or not. <laughs> oh, church, I'm telling you, in every relationship that you have, there must be regular maintenance. Yeah, that's right. If you're going to stay friends with somebody, you got to talk to them every once in a while. Yeah, if you claim him as your God and never speak to him, you have You have lied to yourself. You have fooled yourself. Justification. He did the work spiritually so that I can worship Him in spirit and in truth. What He did was make me worthy to come into His presence. I'm justified in His name. Even good works follow those that are already saved. Works are right in their place. But, church, let me tell you, it means justification is there for us to enjoy the presence of. God not for God to enjoy us because when you come before God he's not looking at you he's not looking at your failure he's not looking at your goodness he's not looking at your abilities and your talents he's only looking at one thing and that is are you born again is Christ in you and if Christ is in you you're worthy of his presence Amen. What does it mean to be justified? Justification, Easton's Bible dictionary says, is the judicial act of God by which he pardons all the sins of those who believe in Christ and accounts and accepts and treats them as righteous in the eye of the law. He meant the first implication of the just. The just shall live by faith. The first implication of the just is the remission, not only of sin, but the remission of the punishment of sin. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think Jesus, when he went into that city? At the Passover, it wasn't but a day or so. They already had him at the whipping post. Uh, They sang it tonight. You won't find him again uh, at the whipping post. Uh, Even they sang it at the first song, just third song uh, in this service. Uh, He went to that whipping post uh, because he knew uh, that that's what you and I deserve. Come on now. You and I deserve to be beaten for our sins. The problem is, not only do we not have enough gold and silver to pay for our sin, we don't have enough life in our body to pay for our sin. If we were to take the punishment of our own sin, it would snuff out the life inside of every human being. Amen. So you couldn't survive. Amen. The punishment of sin, that's the reason that Jesus came in your stead. He was beaten. But the cat of nine tails. Uh, he was scourged and beaten with a rod, uh, smote on the head. Uh, they placed him on that tomb, uh, at that cross, uh, and put him in that tomb uh, so that all uh, of what you and I deserve, uh, he took it. Uh, he also died. Uh, but the difference, my God, uh, the difference uh, in him uh, and you and I uh, is on the third day, uh, he had the ability to get up and live again. Uh, he said, I don't uh, just only lay down my... Uh, let me just preach you're justified in Christ and the first implication is that the punishment is taken away aren't you thankful that you don't have to bear your own punishment are you grateful That you don't have to pay for what you did. Come on, can I preach real? Is it all right? Can I just preach real tonight? Amen. Aren't you grateful you don't have to meet all the sin that you acted out? Amen. In your own personal life uh, toward that family member, uh, toward those children. Come on here. We were a wretch. Are you hearing me tonight? Uh, we were lost uh, and undone. I don't care how good looking you are tonight. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, how religious you appear tonight. Uh, you were born in sin uh, with an Adamic nature that was locking you in uh, to a devil's hell. Uh, but the second man Adam came along and with his obedience even the death of the cross even on that third day he got up and he lives so that when he got up we also live the Bible says if Christ be not risen we are yet in our sins and our faith is vain but let me tell you Christ is risen he is alive and he's seated at the right hand of the Father First implication is the removal of the punishment of sin. Christ took the wrath of God. Let me tell you about it. Matter of fact, pastor, on that cross, the sun refused to shine. It went dark, in my opinion, at the same time that God the Father turned his face away from his own son. Why? If Jesus was there giving Stephen a standing ovation when he gave his life, come on, the first martyr, why is it that God turned his face away from his own son? it was not that he was looking at his own son. But when Jesus crawled on that cross, you got to understand he had already taken on every sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl. He took on your sin 2,000 years ago. All that stuff you're battling with saying, I just can't get over it. I can't win. Amen. That's a lion wonder of hell. It's already been defeated when Jesus, amen, pronounced it guilty, hung it on that cross, and crucified it. Amen. Sin died, but Jesus got up. Hallelujah. When he got up, so did I. On that water baptismal day, when they put me under the water, even it symbolized me being buried and resurrected in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, Hallelujah. Well, I'm making my own self happy, so y'all just hold on. The second thing that we see is on that first implication, that remission of punishment. It happened on personal terms. That remission of punishment, it happened on a personal term. We are released from condemnation that sin deserves. How many has ever felt condemned for your sin? I'm going to be bold here. This has been burning in me for a week. Hey Amen. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I preached this at my place yesterday. It's just in. And I cannot get away from it. Somebody's got to get a hold of this. Let me ask you the question. How many in this house? Hey Amen. It's easy to preach on drugs and alcohol. Matter of fact, in the Pentecostal church, we've heard it so much. Until we kind of have adopted that as one of our pet sins. I know you don't like it. What I'm saying, it's easy to preach on the drunkard. It's easy to preach on the dope addict. Easy. They're a scapegoat almost. Come on now. It's easy to preach on the... But what about the religious backbiter? What about... What about... Amen. What about that one that runs around on their spouse? Oh, I've never stepped out with another man or never stepped out with another woman. You've been on the internet site, you pornographer. Come on here. We're either going to be real and get this broken down and learn what it is to be justified or we're going to let it hide in the dark recesses of our spirit and it control us for the rest of our life. Is this too much for somebody? Let me ask you the question. Is there somebody here that had drugs and alcohol in your past? You fought it and you finally got victory over it. Amen. Is there anybody here you finally... Stand up and remain standing. Stand up. If you've gotten past drugs and alcohol just remain standing Uh, how about uh, a broken relationship Uh, how about a broken marriage Uh, how about a broken home your children uh, stand up Uh, come on now Uh, I'm going somewhere Uh, how about it Uh, those secret sins uh, that nobody knows about Uh, you could tell your pastor. You couldn't tell anybody. Stand up. Everybody in this house has had secret sins. Amen. I want you to take just a moment and look around. Nearly a hundred percent of the people, except for the perfect folks in here, even have realized that they've got sin in their past. They were locked down to it, but I've been justified in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been redeemed with not corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the blood of the lamb look at me the first thing that happens remains in a second is that you can actually stand up and say that's what I was but it's not who I am you better hear me, church. Amen. The first thing that justification lets you stand up and say is I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. I was lost, locked down, drug in, and pulled over. But today I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. Somebody give him a praise before this see them. Not, not only are you redeemed. You can me see. Just give me a little bit to get this one off of me and we'll be able to have camp meeting. Not only are you released on personal terms, but on ethical terms. Not only the condemnation, you see, condemnation is from the devil. Conviction is from God. There's a big difference in conviction and condemnation. Conviction is a way out. Condemnation is a way to die. Condemnation gives you no hope, but conviction gives you hope. Say amen. The best feeling that a sinner can feel in a Pentecostal church is conviction. Because if God will convict you, he will save you. If God will convict you, he will deliver you. If God will convict you, he will set you free. Even If it's condemnation, even if that feels like this there's no hope for you. You might as well give up. You're never going to make it. Get out of Teen Challenge. Get out of Bible Way. Get out of the church. They're nothing but religious hypocrites. You're never going to find the way. Well, friend, let me tell you, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and he'll bring you out through his justifying power. In ethical terms, he removes the guilt of sin. I'm not guilty anymore. Amen. You know what that looks like? Those of you that when you were in condemnation, the pastor asked you to sin. He knew you were born again. He prayed you through. But you're not released. You wouldn't let justification have its work in you. Come on now. There's justification that is positional. And then there's justification or sanctification that is also instant and progressive. Progressive. Even the moment the blood touches your life, you are separated unto God. But friend, every day that I live, I get closer to the Lord. I get better than I was. You should have. You should be. And now we look at it on the ethical terms. There comes a moment where you just did what you did. You stood up and said, I was a wretch. I was a dopatic, but I'm not anymore. Can I say something happened to you? The guilt doesn't hurt anymore. And on legal terms. We are released from the punishment of sin due to the law. We got a bunch of ex-convicts in our church. Nobody else wants them, but we do. Appreciate those three amens in this house. I've learned, Pastor, that if I'll take the ones nobody wants... God will send me the ones that everybody wants to pay for it. Amen. That's We got a bunch of not only in the Restoration of Hope or Team Challenge Ministry. We got a lot of folks sitting on our pew, Pastor. They 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 made a Christmas card wearing orange. Amen. For their Christmas present, they got a new pair of flip flops. Come on now. Let me ask you something. Who's, who's been in jail? You ain't ashamed to raise your hand. Who, who been in jail? See, there's folks in this building, in the ministry now. Right, right. Hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Hold it. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Look around. Not just teen challenge. Church folk, you can put it down. Yeah. Let me ask you something. How'd it feel? First time they put you in. What'd it feel like? What'd it feel like the first time they put you in jail? What'd it feel like when they let you out? What'd it feel like when you first walked out? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the second thing you said is, I ain't never Going back in here again. I've never been in jail in my life, but I know how it feels. You know why? I was born in a prison cell, I was born with an adamic nature, I was born defeated. I was born in need of a Redeemer. I was born needing somebody that had the key to my cell that would come and let me out. I don't know how it was, Amen. when you walked in your jail cell on this earth, but I know how it felt when you walked out. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I know what it felt like when you got out of jail. Amen. Because, friend, there was one that was greater than me. He came and he said, I have the keys of death death, hell, and the grave. He opened up the door amen and made a way for me out of the prison just like He did those disciples when they sang and prayed. There's some of you that got free before you ever got out of jail. There's some of you that got freedom before you ever got out of the jail house. But whenever He said He brought you out, the Bible declares He that the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm justified on personal terms, on ethical terms, and on legal terms. Look here. I was going through Damascus, Arkansas, just before I got through to Mount Judea a couple days ago. I remembered Damascus very well. I was going 62 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour speed zone and was written a ticket for 360 something dollars. Damascus was making a killing. I called them to plead my case. And I talked to the judge and he said, well, son, here in Damascus, We don't take lightly or kindly to people blazing through our city in fear of one of our little ones being molested in a vehicular homicide. I said, I understand. I said, in in that regard, I will gladly pay the fine. He said, you don't mean it. I said, yes, sir. I said because I would hate to molest a child in a vehicular homicide Amen. and if that will teach me not to drive 62 miles an hour in the barren plains of Damascus, Arkansas, then I will gladly pay the fine. He said, I tell you what you do, being as you all truthful in everything he said, If you can send me proof that you haven't had a ticket in the last four years, then I will let this go. And I'm thinking in my mind, how in the world am I going to prove this to this man? I did not realize you can go to the state of Texas and get your driving record from here to eternity. But whenever it was $365, I went to looking. (laughs) I got the proof. Come on now. Mm. I got the proof that I... (laughs) was not a felon and hadn't, hadn't hadn't made any vehicular homicides in the recent past, uh, hadn't even got a ticket. Uh, I emailed it in uh, and uh, didn't get a response. I thought, I don't know what's going on with this judge, uh, but I better get a hold of somebody. Uh, even I better get a hold, and I called uh, the office of the judge. Uh, it was in the same office. Uh, she worked for the volunteer fire department uh, as the county judge. Amen. She said, well, Mr. McDonald, let me look. Let me see if I can find your file. Amen. I said, okay. And I was on hold. It wasn't this elevator music. She laid the phone down. She said, Charlene. She said... I'm telling you, it was that kind of uh, thing going on. I'm heading there. Just hold on. Amen. She went looking for it. uh, And she finally, after minutes and minutes, what seemed like hours, uh, she came back and said, Mr. McDonald, she said, we can't find it. uh, And the only thing I can tell you uh, is when the judge told you that, uh, that he just tore it up uh, and threw it in the trash. I said, please, uh, would you go uh, and look again? Because I don't want to, in 30 days... uh, come back around, uh, and they put me in jail, uh, and Lord only knows where the jailhouse is uh, if the county judge uh, is in the volunteer fire department's office. Uh, I don't know where I'll be. Uh, I said, look again, uh, and finally, after a long time uh, of sitting on that phone, uh, that judge came back said, said, uh, Mr. McDonald. Uh, I said, yes, sir. Uh, I remembered his voice. Uh, he said, when I told you uh, that I would let it go. I mean, I let it go. Let me tell you something, dear friend. I could hang that phone up with confidence that I'm not going to jail in Damascus, Arkansas. I've got one better for you. When the Lord Jesus put my sin under the blood of the Lamb of God, He let it go. Never to be remembered against me anymore. Hallelujah! Of the Lamb. My sin, oh, the blessing of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Amen. Hallelujah to God. It is well with my soul. Somebody give him praise. Come on. Come on and play, Ryan not only is my sin taken away and the punishment removed, but I am restored to divine favor. I'm I'm restored to divine favor. Amen. Church, when that prodigal son got back to the house, he felt rotten. You hear me? Not only while he was in the hog pen, but on the walk home. I'm talking about justification here. He wasn't justified yet. He was on his way home. Hallelujah. He had made up his mind. He said, I'm going home. But he hadn't got to the place yet. But the moment that the father saw him, hallelujah, what the boy did not know is the father was waiting to justify him. He wasn't going to stand there and say, well, what do you got to say for yourself? No, that father ran him and with one embrace uh, he was justified Uh, you don't have to make excuses Uh, the Lord already knows you're a sinner but there's already been a remedy Uh, there's already been a payment uh, and that payment uh, has been made through the Lord Jesus Christ you're justified and restored to divine favor not on the works of righteousness lest any man should boast it is the gift of The just shall live. Can a man live before God? Man tried to please God by the Mosaic law. Tried to please God by the Catholic church. There's only one way to please God. That's accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, the just shall live by faith. What faith? Faith in faith? Faith in church? Faith in religion? Faith in God? Faith in God. Stand with me. I don't know about all this heavy doctrine preaching up in here. You got to get it sooner or later. I know you, Pastor. Those that attend this church hear doctrine on the regular. But I fear that across the whole, we've let ourselves grow lazy. We've let ourselves go. And there's a generation that does not know that they can walk above sin. Yeah. Romans said, Sin shall not have dominion over you. That's, That's walking in justice. Dr. Martin said we've been saved from the penalty of sin. We've been saved from the power of sin. We've been saved from the presence of sin. The just, we are justified based on Christ's finished work alone. Shall live. We are accepted by God based on Christ's finished work alone. By faith. Not based on anything we can do. But completely. On the finished work of Christ. Why do you think he said those words from the cross? It is finished. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people in this house fighting with condemnation and guilt. Or God would not have burned it so heavily. The Lord knows I tried to preach something else tonight. The Lord knows. But there's people struggling with your past. It keeps coming around. It keeps rearing its ugly head. When you're trying to do what pleases God. Guilt, condemnation. But you want to walk in the justification of Jesus Christ. Just as if I'd never sinned. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to get past my guilt. Past condemnation. And I want to be able to walk in my church, in your church, in the church. Instead of looking around wondering who knows me. And what I am and what I've done. I'm going to be able to raise my hands. Yeah. And without guilt and condemnation, praise God. And love him to the full. Is there anybody in this house I'm preaching to? Slip your hand up. I'm dealing with guilt and condemnation. I'm dealing with it. Yeah, yeah, there's hands slipping up. Yeah. We're not going to single you out. I'm not going to make you come one by one and shake my hand We're all coming to this altar together in just about 10, 15 seconds. I'm going to invite everybody at once, but I do want to know who I'm praying for. If you want to get past your past and get past the condemnation, the guilt, and walk justified before the Lord, slip that hand up right back down. Yeah, there it is. Hands in this house everywhere. Everywhere. Preachers, come on quickly, if you will. Preachers, come on to the platform with me. You ain't got to get up here but just stand across the front because I want you to help me pray. Now then, as every preacher's in this altar, everybody in this house, come on, if you raised your hand or if you did not, we're going to start out tonight in repentance, saying, Lord, make me ready. When they get in these altars, pastors, preachers, evangelists, missionaries, whatever you are, begin to pray with them tonight. Begin to lay your hands on them and believe God that he's going to move And set them free from the guilt of condemnation. Come on, everybody. Fill these altars and begin to pray. Preachers, lay your hands on them.